Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast, the second one in February. Things are looking a little bit better in the markets at the moment. Uh, and as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, uh, based out in Sydney, Australia. How are you? I'm good, Sam. Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. Have, uh, have you been in the last sort of week? Anything interesting happened? Well, the Australian borders have finally opened, Sam. I um, saw that, yeah. Yeah, so it's about about time. Nearly, nearly two years since they were slammed shut. Um, so very exciting news. Um, hopefully, have the parents fly over very soon. It means people can come and go freely, uh, and probably means that at some point in 2022, our listeners are going to get a Sam and Josh together special. Yeah. So what was the plan? You think in middle middle of the year to to come over? Yeah, I think May time, May nice. back to the UK, back to the promised land. Usually not a bad time of the year, is it? Not too cold. Um, well, not yeah, really I mean, we, summer, we, but... we didn't get a summer last year. So hopefully the uh, the weather gods are going to gonna shine brightly on us this time. But who knows? I hope so. I hope so. And then maybe, you never know, Sam North to Australia. Yeah, well, do you know what? I, I, if, I, if I could rewind time, I know actually it wouldn't really have been possible, but I'd have loved to have gone to the Ashes. Um, and that's definitely on the bucket list and maybe a Lions tour at some point. I don't think that's for a while, but yeah, there's there's plenty of reason to get out to to Australia for, for me, being a sport lover, the Aussie Open, of course, the Formula One in Melbourne is not too far away, is, is it as well? So no, yeah, we've got Soon. the T20 World Cup um, uh, back end of next year, October. So that could maybe be one for the diary. Yeah, yeah. and weather, weather will be okay then as well, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it should be fine, yeah. Yeah, well, better than here anyway. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's get going. I, I guess with, with this week, the, the main focus of the market, as it stands, is going to be around that inflation number. So we can talk about we can talk about that. Um, we can also do a bit of a crypto update, which is always welcome. And then we can talk over oil, um, oil too, which has obviously been on an incredible journey, commodities in general. But yeah, those, those three sound sound okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe even touch on quickly, maybe Pelican towards the end. It's had a bit of a hell, a hell raiser of a, of a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, definitely maybe touch on that towards the end as well. Yeah, for sure. Actually, that's a great point. Yeah, Peloton has, has been on some sort of journey there. Um, awesome. Right. First up, then let's, let's talk inflation. What are we expecting uh, for, for well last month's reading? And another strong figure, I imagine? Exactly that, yeah. Um, we're looking for, well, economists are expecting uh, inflation at 7.3%. So it's going to be another multi-decade high. Um, and once again, this is sort of expected to be the peak. Uh, but the Fed Reserve President uh, Daly, um, she actually said yesterday that it could get worse before it gets better, but it definitely will get better. So that to me, doesn't maybe signify that we have reached the peak and i feel like we've said uh, a few times on the podcast economists are expecting this to be the peak uh, i think we sort of said it when it was at 6.9 percent in 2021 
um, a few times. So maybe it isn't the peak and inflationary pressures do continue, but if we're going to back economists and they say this is the peak, so maybe we'll, we'll back them. But either way, um, look at a higher than sort of expected reading um, other than that sort of 7.3% alongside the sort of the stronger than expected jobs number that we got last week, as well as that sort of faster wage growth. It really could push the Fed to be, you know, more aggressive, you know, in raising rates, uh, much, you know, more hawkish than they already have been. Um, I'm actually going to refresh it now, actually, but. Uh, I was looking today at the the Fed Watch tool, so it gives a nice insight as to sort of the percentage range of of sort of the hike uh, we can be expecting um, in um, in March. So today it was at twenty five percent when I first looked. Uh, just refreshing it now, still at twenty five percent, and that's twenty five percent chance of a fifty basis point hike in March. On the first of February, that was at six percent. So, you know, that's that's rallied obviously a fair amount. Obviously that's on the back of that 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 um that jobs news. And again, that's gonna go much, much higher if we get a, a stronger um inflation reading than we're expecting. And maybe it comes down again if we get a, a weaker number uh, under seven points we're we're likely to probably see that percentage drop down. So um the potential for a bigger hike uh than expected is is small, but it's it's certainly growing at the moment. Um, and I think, look, it's whatever happens, it's going to be an interesting week. We've obviously got the Fed minutes from the most re- recent meeting. That's out this week. It probably should be out in um, probably when you're listening to this. It probably may already be out. Um, and then obviously the inflation data. So much, much of all of this is already being priced in. You know, we've got those five hikes by December, um, the end of this year. Uh, it was four, but, you know, maybe the, the door is ajar for, for more. But we will see. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting well, year so far, but just the, the journey the, the market, equity markets, US equity markets in particular have been on has been certainly interesting and, and it's had that recovery uh, so far in, in February and we go into this inflation uh, reading and if it is to come out on that sort of top end that you were talking about, it'd be interesting to see the market reaction because, yeah, if it, if it was to be, you know, a blockbuster above something like 7.6 or something percent, then you've got to imagine equity is going to come under pressure. And there's so many key levels that uh, are in play. You know, 14,500 on the NASDAQ is a massive area. You've got 200-day moving averages on the Dow Jones and uh, the S&P 500, which are literally just a little bit below where we're trading. If they give way, sentiment absolutely changes. But on the flip side, if we come in in line or a little bit worse, then, you know, markets should, in theory, like that. Um, I guess in, in, in one way or another, crypto is going to be correlated to what equities do on, on on Thursday. So let's talk about about crypto. I mean, at, at, the, at the time of, of the podcast, we're above 40K, uh, which seems to be a super pivotal level. But uh, other other than that, how do you how do you see things right now? Yeah, you're right. You know, that 40,000 level is is uh, a real, um, you know, psychological level. Uh, and there's no doubt about that. But I think really being above that sort of 40,000 level um, really takes a fair bit of risk off the table in, in my view. Um, you know, we, we had that breakout in the last few days so around about sort of 45,000, uh, hit a bit of resistance, couldn't really sort of trade higher. But when we were sort of trading around that sort of 34,000 level, close to sort of 33, 
that was sort of at the level that we one of the that was the lowest level that we saw but there were the sort of the fears there that the bears were effectively sort of taking over we were sort of down 55 percent um and you know it looked like we were going to sort of see lower lows you know it looked like we were going to sort of break below those sort of key support levels uh, and see and see that down but ultimately uh bulls have sort of held that that, that, that level really well and we're starting to see sort of whales uh, accumulate. Um, so when we sort of had that dip, uh, whales, uh, which we consider in, in sort of the technical term that they own more than a thousand Bitcoin. So only it's just a small amount. Um, you these guys were buying. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> wish I was a whale. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, a thousand Bitcoins, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Um, Crazy. It's like that guy that that um, bought the pizza for 10,000 Bitcoin. Oh, I watched, I actually, I saw his I saw his interview the other night and the guy was like, oh, mate, can you can you tell me how much that's worth? I'm like, mate, come on, give, the, give the guy, <laughs> give the guy a break. <laughs> he's already he's already heartbroken already. Oh, but um, but um, yeah, the, the whales are in. Um, we, we're seeing them buying, and, and these their buying levels are spiking to some of the highest levels that we've seen for nearly a year. You know, so I think that's really helped the rally. Uh, I really think that's helped push it higher. Um, and you know, a lot of that is is probably going to be institutions as well, right? There's not going to be a huge amount of retail investors um, that have that potential. Institutions absolutely have that potential. Um, so you know, I think that's there's a lot of that happening behind the scenes. A lot of it's probably micro strategy as well. But um, look, I'm not sure we're completely out of the woods yet. You know, risk assets are still completely under pressure. What was interesting is actually when we were talking about the Nasdaq and um, the recovery so far, we know saw the ten-year Treasury yield, uh, you know, push up to about one point nine five percent, I think, overnight. But actually, Nasdaq was pretty unfazed. If that happens in January, um, you know, we're we're seeing a a huge sell-off, no doubt. So I think we're pricing in a lot more. We can see that. Um, uh, I think. You know, again, risk assets have sold off a little bit today. Bitcoin is, is down slightly, but I think what will be interesting to see. You mentioned the the CPI data is is how Bitcoin reacts to that. Um, again, the rest of the market, you know, might be a little bit more sensitive, but ultimately, when we hit a record high at sixty nine thousand, it came off the back of November's CPI print. Um, you know, Bitcoin does continue to be labelled as a hedge against inflation. Well, you know, we're seeing the highest inflation we've seen for 40 years. So it's not going to have a, a bigger test than this to, to really represent itself. Um, you know, gold's crumbling at the moment. That's, you know, down year to date as well. So that's not really standing up as, a, you know, much of a hedge against inflation right now. Um, but yeah, now is the time where it needs to, to obviously live up to, to that name um, and stand up as an inflation hedge. Yeah, I think it's got to start reacting well to these types of events to be able to consider itself as an inflation hedge. Um, but we will see again, we know it's a risk asset and, you know, a stronger number probably means it, it will sell off. But if it can actually hold strong, then that's going to be really positive. This is like it's it's Champions League final. If it wants to be an inflation hedge and we have a good number, it has to perform. It's like almost psyching itself up in the in the dressing room right now. It knows the importance of this this big game. Uh, you know, it's coming out uh, on Thursday, one thirty UK time and eight thirty, nine thirty US time. Uh, and if it if it if it passes the test next, this time next week, we'll be we'll be giving its props. <laughs> but. We will Different find out. That's the beauty of markets. It, you know, it's an ever-changing uh, environment. I'm sure there'll be a few twists and turns in the coming days uh, other than that inflation print. Um, the final subject, well, second to final before we go over uh, Peloton, is oil uh, commodities too, which have, have 
have obviously been on a, a bit of a rise over the last few months. There are so many interesting aspects of the, the commodity rise at the moment. Uh, but how do you feel about it, about it right now? What, what sort of caught your, your attention? Yeah, well, I think first off the bat, it's, it's been the, one of the best starts of the year we've ever seen from the commodities market. Um, you know, so crude's up about sort of 20% so far this year, and that's at sort of the highest level since 2014. Um, so where inflation and price pressures is affecting most of the world, um, commodity traders and commodity and energy stocks are absolutely loving it right now. They're enjoying this sort of uh, boost in price. Um, but it's happening, you know, all across the commodities industry. Um, you know, me and you were sort of just chatting before the podcast talking about the lithium price. Uh, you know, that's absolutely soared uh, within the last sort of year, year and a half, two years. Again, is that then going to sort of weigh into EVs, um, those sorts of markets? You know, it's commodities are obviously, you know, it's, you know, energy prices, are, I, I believe, are going to be soaring globally. Uh, and what I think is going to be really interesting on that front as well, a little bit out of my realm, but, you know, when we start to think about energy prices soaring, interest rates are starting to go up. Well, we've got to remember in the middle of 2021, we had a huge housing boom um everybody was going crazy and buying houses well well because interest rates were at rock bottom well now this year interest rates are going up bank of england have already raised rates twice energy prices are going through the roof you know can we really expect people to continue being able to pay these high energy prices and continue to pay mortgages back at the you know levels uh, when interest rates start to go up so from my point sort of looking in you know are we going to start to see housing prices come down you know people are going to be starting to yeah say i agree but are we going to start to to see people selling houses because of you know these these energy pricing issues um because ultimately it's costing people a lot more to, to just run a house right um, with these energy issues um and then again that sort of brings us back to oil um you know opec continue to sort of take that really go slow approach despite a lot of outside pressure from political parties uh, and that's globally um you know and they they're being put under pressure to increase supply and bring prices down um but they're, they're not really budging um they increased supply last week by a modest four hundred thousand um barrels per day but i really think um that they're, they're not a hundred percent certain that we're sort of fully out of the woods you know they don't want negative prices again right they don't want to lift supply we have another lockdown uh and then obviously we've got that sort of um you know out of balance again uh, and then we've obviously got you know limited demand and loads of supply and then oil you know sinks once again we, we, they don't want that to happen so no wonder they're sort of moving slow but then we also saw prices spike in the last few days um, there was a report that came out from the american petroleum uh, institute that showed actually the crude supplies continue to shrink in the u.s as well so it's only getting lower we're not seeing those sort of supplies topped up um, we should get some more official figures on that at some point um, this week as well to sort of see what you know um, those inventory levels are looking like um, and as we know you know I've just spoken about it then but we know energy prices are a big part of the inflation issue um, and these sort of surging prices continue to sort of pose a challenge for central banks um, you know globally because they've got to try and handle inflation but if you don't get sort of commodities under control and it's, it's difficult to do that as well so from an investment point of view you know commodities remain a sweet spot uh robust demand tight supply uh and then obviously increased investor demand for inflation hedged assets and certainly one you would want to be looking at this year and then on the that side of that you've got oil companies they're obviously massively benefiting from this as well you know bp reported earnings yesterday 
Um, you know, stellar earnings, beat expectations, added another 1.5 billion to its buyback program, um, and this follows on from Shell's aggressive buyback last week, who also beat earnings as well. So, you know, it's all singing and dancing um, in the commodity sector right now. And, and if you're a commodities trader or you know you're buying that sort of sector up at the moment, you, you're going to be reaping the rewards. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been on a hell of a journey. It really, really has. I, I've asked the question in two webinars I've done this week to people, uh, and I want a specific day from you as well. When is oil, if oil, of course, when is it going to hit $100 a barrel? So I've gone for, and it, there's no method to this, I've gone for May the 13th. And wow. someone actually informed me in a webinar that, that apparently on May the 13th, um it's there's something going on in the sky jupiter and saturn and pieces all come together or something like that so that's why it's going to happen for me may the 13th is, is what i've gone for uh, there's been some in- incredible answers some people have, have said february uh, you know oil headline comes through it's not out of the question um i think we're what are we just under 90 bucks i think at the moment yeah, um, WTI's at eighty nine forty and Brent's at ninety. So eighty nine forty, it's like an eleven buck move. It's not. It's, I mean, that could happen very quickly if it's going to happen, or we come under a little pressure before going higher. But do, go on, give us a date, any date, and if you win, you, uh, the prize hasn't been confirmed yet. But I've, <laughs> I've gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a list of people, and they're, they're, I don't know, the prize will be worth having. Um. Well, yeah, good question. I think OPEC are going to continue to. To, to say tight um i think we've also got to take into account sort of the russia ukraine issues mm-hmm. that's going to sort of make prices um you know higher there as well so have a look at my calendar i'm gonna go 8th of april 8th of april okay so sooner rather than later sooner rather yeah. than later be interesting i'll tell you one person who wouldn't be happy with these oil prices I'm not saying joe biden is but donald trump would be all over twitter about these mm. oil prices, especially going into midterms, um, obviously for the, the general American, you know, you don't want to see prices at the pump as high as they're going to be. Um, okay, let's go Peloton. Which I mean, what just wow, by the way. I mean, where do we start? Uh, investors have, have certainly needed their helmets on uh, during the the crash of its share price last year. But are things looking a little bit better now? Yeah, if you're a Peloton share price holder, I think just keep the helmet on. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't take it been, off. It's been a crazy couple of days. So first, you've got the takeover news. Yeah, you've got Amazon, you've got Nike. You know, you're gonna save you. Then I read today they've laid off about three thousand employees. I'm playing um, golf with with someone on on Saturday who works at Peloton. Or I don't know. They may okay not work there now, but it'll be interesting to see. Well, this is it. But, you know, he might have been laid off, but he would have got a free membership. So (laughs) they've given all their staff free memberships. You don't have a job anymore. Yeah, you don't have a job anymore. (laughs) But you go have a have a free fitness membership for a year because you really want to be continuing that membership with a company that just laid you off. (laughs) Brilliant. Cheers. Um, And then to add to that, we've just had the CEO step down as well. So um it, it's all sort of kicking off as well uh and i actually think the share price reacted to the ceo stepping down as well uh because they've not been happy with the management we know you know um you know a management team is a big part of your sort of research into a stock um and you know investors weren't happy with, with sort of where he was taking the com- uh, company 
I'd listened to a number of earnings calls and he'd said a few comments that were sort of really outlandish and sort of not what you'd sort of really wanted from a CEO. It wasn't positive. Um, you know, and to add to that, as you say, you know, they've, they've had a beating. Uh, shares are down 75% in the last year as well. So it's not been a great time. So no wonder the, the CEO is, is sort of stepping down. But it's had a good couple of days, as I said, um, jumped around about 45% um, in the last sort of few days. Um, it was about 20% yesterday. So off the back of that takeover news and off the back of that CEO sort of stepping down as well uh, and sent trading volumes ultimately through the roof as well. We've seen some big numbers come through there. Um, but I still think they struggle, you know, even with a new CEO without an acquisition. Um, you know, we sort of said it in the past, you know, their subscription base is huge and it's one of the biggest in the world. But, you know, how how interesting or how many people can really afford a, you know, what is it, two grand, 1,500? It's a lot, isn't it? Is, you know, how many people can really afford that? Um, uh, you know, especially when you can get a you know, spin bike or something like that much cheaper. And you've got the membership as well to pay, haven't you, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a lot. Um, but I think, you know, names in the hat we've got for the takeover, as I say, you've got Nike, you've got Amazon, uh, even Apple. You know, I think it makes strategic sense when you look at it on paper for all of them. I think mm-hmm. Apple, you know, alongside its already successful fitness program, that could be perfect for them. But then, you know, how do they then actually sell the, um, the physical item itself? I think they'd f- probably find that quite difficult. And then in the same breath, Apple isn't really in the sort of acquisition market, you know, the M&A market. They haven't done a deal since Beats back in 2014. So you're coming on to, to 10 years there. So they're not really in that sort of space. I think obviously if Peloton were acquired by Amazon, it would sort of propel them really onto that sort of health and fitness front because they don't really have that sort of set up at the moment. I think it would give them a major foothold Um really into sort of things like the living rooms i think i could see amazon really making sense alongside your alexas you know um your bike can hook up to your alexa you you can do everything right i think that makes sense um especially from a fitness perspective i guess nike as well makes sense um it would obviously only really strengthen their position but i'm not sure they really need it i guess from my perspective i think you just buy it from a nike perspective just for the, the memberships um you know, they've got about 3 million subscriptions now. So that's a huge amount. Um, and that's a huge um, you know, revenue stream to, to come in for any business, especially if you can then push that onto Nike or push that onto Amazon, whatever it might be. And you know, cross-selling uh, other consumer services, um, yeah, like I say, it makes strategic sense really for Nike and, and Amazon. But we'll definitely have to wait and see. But either way, like I said at the start, I'd certainly be keeping the helmet on if you are a uh, if you are a Peloton investor, anyway, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bumpy ride, especially looking at the share price movements I looked at earlier uh, over the last sort of um, 30, 40 days. Hands very much intended throughout um, on, on that. Yeah, I'm just having a look at Peloton chart as well. It's been it's just amazing, really amazing. And have we seen the low now? Well, I'm sure there's a few headlines around the corner. Um, cool. Well, we'll wrap it there. I'm actually just caught my eye the, the footsies at the, the high of the year again re- almost back to the 2020 high and then just a little bit above there you got the 2019 2018 highs as well we, we we've sort of been you know watching this for a while on on the webinars it feels like maybe it's primed to go here but i think overall um you know it's had a, a solid start to year so we can't get uh, too beaten down by it being slow right now. Uh, okay, cool. We'll wrap it there for, for the week. Of course, we'll be back next week. We've got a very special podcast coming up. 
no spoilers yet but keep a watch keep subscribed remember to give us a rate whether that be on apple spotify whatever platform you listen to if you can give us a, a rating it just enables us to bring on these special guests uh, as well uh, but josh thank you very much for, for joining as usual no thank you sam and thanks everyone for listening as always hope you have a great week awesome guys take care have a good one stay safe you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com